0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's oh my The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yeah.
1: It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Tuesday, October 16th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez, the call me speeds, the spin statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Engels. Scotty, how you doing now that week six is in the books?
2: Uh, doing pretty good uh, good week i scored uh scored over hundred and fifty points in four leagues and over hundred sixty five in three so uh a little bit of an explosive week in some spots.
1: yeah, I had a pretty good week as well <clears throat> you know the uh, I think I'm in like six or seven fantasy leagues that I uh, care about, and the, the three that I matter most to me. <clears throat> either because of the stakes or because of my competition. I won in all of those leagues. You know, me and Blewett continue to roll in our carton league. We are 6-0 and oh in that one, my longtime dynasty league. I'm in first place, 5-1. and one, And I'm coming back in the GST league, <clears throat> back to 500, back to contention, over at three 3-3, and three, you know, in a playoff position now that we are halfway through. But I digress. The people who are in also a playoff position are the Green Bay Packers after a win on Monday night, 33-30. I don't know if you were listening to the telecast, but as Jason Witten said, Aaron Rodgers pulled a rabbit out of the head in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were down <laughs> and they did. I don't know if you heard that, Scotty, but that's what Jason Witten called yeah, it, I so did. that's what I'm going to call it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, continuing to look like Superman yet again, 425 yards, two touchdowns, Um, you know, it looked for a while, I think the arc of this game was like, nah, the 49ers aren't going to win, nah, the 49ers aren't going to win, wow, the 49ers might win, nah, the 49ers aren't going to win, oh wait, the 49ers are going to win, nah, the 49ers aren't going to win, and that's kind of how it went down, and Aaron Rodgers pulled the rabbit out of his head, and now has a week seven bye, but it looked like he might have re-aggravated that knee a little bit on the very end.
2: I'm not worried about this knee anymore. It's like he re-aggravated. People talk about the heavier brace, et cetera. That's right. the type of injury he could have re-injured himself on, but you know, maybe he could have injured himself for the first time on something like that. Aaron Rodgers is playing very well despite the knee injury. He's nimble in the pocket. He's not... He's not uh, favoring it at all. He's uh, he, he's dancing around, and he's not playing like he has a knee injury, and he's still looking like Aaron Rodgers. So, look, if you're in a two-quarterback league, just handcuff to Sean Kaiser. That's all you can really do, but you can't worry about Aaron Rodgers right now.
1: Okay, <clears throat> you also do not worry about his number one wide receiver Devontae Adams, who goes off for ten catches, one hundred thirty-two yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Devonte Adams, we know, is a locked and loaded wide receiver, one from week to week. Jimmy Graham coming off having a good game, five catches for one hundred and four yards. He's benefiting by being kind of a trusted target now that Cobb and Allison are out. And I gotta ask you, Scotty, Marcus Valdez Scantling, only three catches, but you know, kind of a big play kind of guy, a hundred and three yards. He had the back shoulder catch on the last drive. Had a 60-yard catch in the game as well. Let's spin this forward, Scotty. I mean, after the bye week, you have to assume that for the Packers that Cobb and or Allison will return. Does that make uh, Valdez Scantling just You know, kind of irrelevant once again, or has he carved out a role where he deserves some uh, snaps and targets, even if these guys do come back in week eight for the Packers?
2: If they come back the next two weeks, they're ahead of him on the depth chart, so he becomes the fourth guy in the pecking order, so he's not relevant once they come back. But uh, he'll be relevant from an NFL perspective, but not from a fantasy perspective.
1: All right, I want to ask you about the other side of things. Um, specifically, Raheem Mostart, you know, he, it looks like he took uh, Alfred Morris' role on this team. You know, a lot of people going into this, we thought it was Breida and Mostart Then Breida got hurt, and we were thinking you know, Alfred Morris was a popular waiver wire pickup. We thought he would be the guy to carry the mail, but uh, it was Mostart who got 12 carries, 87 yards, leads the team in rushing, and it looks look. It looks like he is the timeshare, along with Brito, who himself goes 14 for 61, and a touchdown. Uh, what happened to Alfred Morris, Scott? Oh, he
2: just he got one carry. That was it. It's, uh, it, it baffled everybody because there was no reports of him being inactive, slash benched, anything. And they just came out with a different game plan. And Raheem Mostard, you know, pretty much journeyman until this point in his career – You know, he showed good vision, good juke, uh, good patience, et cetera. So this could be a timeshare going forward with Raheem Mostart and
1: uh, Matt Breida. All right, so we'll talk a little bit later on in tonight's show about the – today's show – about the waivers at each position. Uh, Mostart is probably – is one of the most heavily added guys as I look on Yahoo, at least right now – are you okay putting in a claim, spending some fad budget? Most um, are. Do you think this was a one-week thing? you think Morris comes back? you think it doesn't matter because Breed is there? Or do you think it doesn't matter because the 49ers' offense is not an offense you want to be uh, having shares of?
2: i put in something for him. I still think he's the number two back there, but uh, he, he, he's number he's number he's number two out of two there. It's... It's clear that he, at least for now, he's he's vaulted over Alfred Morris. Unless we start hearing more reports about, did Morris have an illness or something like that? Right. Because you know they want to have maybe that inside runner, maybe with uh, a quick guy. But obviously, it gave the offense more speed, though. So I think they kind of like what they saw. So we have to wait and see more what comes out with Alfred Morris. But uh, you know, I, th- I think you know maybe you can roster this guy as
1: like an RB five right now. Okay, and listen, with the bye weeks coming up, you never know what's going to happen. For the last couple of weeks, it's been two teams on a bye, Scott. But in the next three weeks, we have four – four, and then six teams on a bye. So the bye week crunch is going to be real. And some people who are trying to carry extra, you know, carry a second tight end or carry that guy who's been banged up and is going to be coming back in week 10. It's going to be harder and harder to do that over the next three weeks. So you should have the name Rocky Mostart on your radar. We'll talk more about other waiver wire ads a little bit later on in the show. The other guy I want to ask you about on the 49ers side, Scotty, You know, people dropped him because he was injured. I believe it was like a quad or a hammy that this guy had a few weeks ago. But he is back, and he had two touchdowns yesterday, including a big play 67-yard bomb over the top. I'm talking about world-class athlete Marquise Goodwin. Four catches, 126 yards. It's clear to me that he's above uh, Pierre Garçon in the pecking order. I mean, there's Kittle there as well, but on a week-to-week basis, it looks like C.J. Bethard is looking Marquise Goodwin's way. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's this wasn't a th- this was like a, a
2: rebound performance because Goodwin has been quiet most of the year, and uh, last night he uh, he showed that he's healthy again. You know, he had mm-hmm. quad hip problems, and last night he bounced back to th- being the guy that we thought he was going to be on draft day. And a lot of people have cut him, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to race back to the
1: waiver wire to get him this week. And going to be heavy bidding for his services. Okay, he's, um, I look over on Yahoo, he's 45% owned. You know, um, I see guys like, listen, let's play a little name game. We'll get into the waivers a little bit more later on. Scotty, but as I look at the wide receiver position, Goodwin, 45% owned. Robbie Anderson, 55% owned. Mohamed Sanu, 50% owned. Of those three guys that are right around 50% owned, who would you put in a claim in first for?
2: Uh... I'd have to imagine sanu has gone in a lot of really competitive leagues but uh 50% owned. Yeah, but you know not all of those leagues are like competitive but just like I'm, just I'm saying you more like more like leagues like like well I'm giving you frame of reference too though. I'm saying in a hard more intense league Sanu's going to be owned but in a public league like that I would probably say you know I I'd, I'd go for Goodwin first uh
1: and then probably Sanu, and I probably would not bother with Anderson at all. All right, fair enough. So, Scotty, we got to let the people know. That if they let's say they're down to two and four right now, okay, there's but they might have high, you know, a high point total. They're still in, they're still in it, okay, they're still in it. So what they need to go is go on over to RotoExperts.com and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in season fantasy football package. There you get the Kings rankings, you get the fantasy executive on the blog, the Slack chat channel. You get great content to help you win your leagues and win that cash. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. I also want to tell people, uh, Scotty, that listen, you mentioned it. We were talking before the break. The NBA tips off tonight, all right? And so people start to need using the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer. It's now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections for DailyRoto.com. NFL premium subscribers are using. And you could use that for NBA DFS contests, all right? So – that's the way to do it. Okay, this dailyrodo.com has produced 7 millionaires on DraftKings and FanDuel hundreds of thousands of, of cash in winners. We told you about Colin Drew who had an amazing week last week winning 70k on Sunday and another 150k on Monday. Honestly, if you're playing DFS and you're not using the Daily Roto tools, projections and optimizers, you are doing it wrong and are at a competitive disadvantage. So go to dailyrodo.com, click on the go premium tab and enter the promo code FNTS for a special discount and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on the Grow Premium tab. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. That's DailyRoto.com, the site where millionaires are made quite literally. Hey, Scotty, let me ask you this. Yesterday, I asked you, who do you think is gonna win the AFC North? Remember, and because it was like Baltimore's four and two, Cincy's four and two, Pittsburgh's now at three, two, and one, you know, and some people are high on Baker Mania as well. And you were like, hmm, that's an interesting question. And I was saying, you know, you can kind of make an argument for almost any team. Scotty, I want to ask you the same exact thing. Not with the AFC North, but with the NFC North. I mean, in the NFC North, I think we have a similar situation. Right now, the Bears are 3-2. The Minnesota Vikings are 3-2-1. The Green Bay Packers, you know, won last night. They are 3-2-1. And, one. and uh, you know, the Detroit Lions are still around. Don't forget about them. They had their bye You know, they had their bye this week, but they are two and three right behind them. Who wins the NFC North, Scotty, right now, in your opinion?
2: I don't think it's going to be Chicago or Green Bay. Uh, You know, Chicago's got the best defense, but they got a rookie quarterback. Uh, I would say, though, although your defense is, uh, you know, it's more questionable how defenses play. Nowadays, yeah, we were just talking all yesterday that there is yeah, no defense Green, if that's dominant. Green Bay's lack of a running game and probably the worst defense in the division, I think, keeps them out of out of the, the conversation. If Minnesota plays to its potential, uh, I think they can win the division. Uh, but D- D- Detroit is their defense is not quite as good, so I'm, I'm still going to say Minnesota.
1: All right, Scotty is still riding with Minnesota, even though, listen, there is no perfect team in this division. The defense, uh, we believe the defense will be strong, but it has given up points before. You're talking about a Minnesota team that has some questions on the offensive line. Uh, The Chicago team may have a great defense, may have a good defense. We don't know if there is anything as called a great defense anymore. They are still developing in their scheme with Mitchell Trubisky. Will he take the steps required for them to really go ahead and win that? division, and then on the Green Bay side, listen, they've got Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, the defense can be had. C.J. Beathard just put 30 points on them. There's injury risk all over the place for Green Bay skill positions, so, you know, we can understand that, and with Detroit, they are now kind of a game behind, but they are in essence analogous to the Browns in the AFC North, where they may be exciting at times, they may be a tough out at home, but neither one of us thinks they're going to go ahead and actually win the division so but it is an interesting call as we go down the road the AFC North and the NFC North I think are going to be very competitive tough divisions where they beat each other up for the next two months hey Scotty we have uh I know we're gonna go into our waiver wires uh after the commercial break but the first thing I wanted to mention here there was one piece of news that we didn't get to yesterday because it broke yesterday to be quite honest and it's not the injury stuff that we went over but if you remember, we've been talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? We've been talking about how much we like the under on that team now that Fitzmagic is over. We've been talking about how much we like Jameis Winston and parts of that <laughs> passing game. But a big piece of the reason why is because we think their defense has forces them into shootouts, right? We know that their defense gives it up in that back end. We have been targeting the Tampa Bay defense. We've even been talking about, uh, Scotty, Dirk Cutter potentially as the first coach to be fired you can get those kind of odds in certain books uh so we're close because the first firing of the year does in fact happen in tampa bay but it is not the head coach it is defensive coordinator mike smith the bucks have given up a worst 34.6 points per game in the nfl after five games or after six weeks five games for them so they go ahead and fire their defensive coordinator mike smith what do you think of this move scott
2: yeah, well, I think it's obviously necessary. They want to, they're want they on a historic pace right now. So, you know, somebody's got to
1: take the fall for it. The right guy did take the fall for it. Interesting. So you say it's obviously the right move. I guess here's my thing, Scotty. I believe, listen, clearly he's got the worst defense in the NFL, right? So if any defensive coordinator should be fired, it should be him. I guess, like, when you say it's the right move, the one pushback I have is I'm never really – Generally speaking, I'm uh, anti-mid-season firings, Scott. So talk to me about, like, What do you think actually changes now in the middle of the season? They have a new defensive coordinator, but I think it's like the current linebackers coach that's coming in. So what do you think actually changes? Like all of a sudden, like I don't think they're switching schemes in the middle of the year. You know what I mean? They have the personnel that they have. So what do you think actually changes? Like all of a sudden this weekend, do I start not targeting them in DFS? Like what actually changes here, Scott?
2: Well, I wouldn't say that the schemes don't change. Uh, You know, we don't know that that's not going to happen. But uh, in the meantime, I think you continue to target it because of the personnel. But it's it's a new beginning here. And if, you know, this new coach really doesn't have much of a record uh, shows that he can turn things around to at least where they're decent, you know, they they want to move in a new direction. They have to do it now. You know because if they keep playing like this and uh you know, if the coach the defense coordinators message is not getting through they have to they, they just can't let him linger around you know if, if this guy is the reason they got to get rid of him
1: Yep, fair enough. I mean, I guess my question is, Scott. Let's say they do want to change schemes. How long does that take, though, Scott? You know, I mean, like they can't just go. You know, I think about training camp. It takes a long time for these players to digest the playbook, right? So to kind of switch mid scheme, doesn't it take time for them to learn it? It's not like you could just install it in a week. I understand, like we maybe they might switch schemes, but it's not like they're gonna have a new a new front. They're not they're not moving from a two high to a single high safety. They're not moving from a, a four three to a three four in like in one week they're not installing that all in practice today right doesn't it take time
2: well still though you you might make changes in personnel in the lineup and you know things like that you know you might change certain schemes in, in certain situations not a major overhaul but the alternative is
1: to stick with what's not working and I don't think you do that all right, so we'll see what happens when they host the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mania, if they look any better on Sunday. Scotty, when we come back, we talk waiver wire targets for week seven and beyond. It's Dane and
0: Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. What's the most important thing you can do today? Welcome back.
1: Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. Scotty... We're talking about Monday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers win 33-30. And by the way, Scotty, I had the Packers in a lot of places in my survivor pools, including the big survivor pool that I'm still in with a grand prize is over $5,000. I am now two of 37 entries that are still left, Scotty. Two out of 37 for over 5K. And in both of those entries, I had the Green Bay Packers this week. So as you can imagine, I was sweating it out a little bit. But I survive in advance Uh, That's the name of the game.
2: Yeah, that's certainly the name of the game.
1: Uh, (laughs) The Packers, Packers were the most popular stream of the week defensively. Yeah, and deservedly so, you would think going into it. But CJ Beathard, honestly, he's got, he puts up a representative effort. You know, 16 to 23, 245, two touchdowns, only one interception, but was moving the ball between the 20s better than I thought the San Francisco 49ers would. A lot of people did stream that defense, but CJ Beathard, uh, you know, he looked all right. Um, What's your outlook on him moving forward? I, I saw someone on Twitter saying C.J. Beathard was going to be t- this year's Case Keenum. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch because he doesn't have di- thi- uh, digs and Thielen as weapons, you know, like on the 49ers. But um, what do you think about Beathard on his outlook? Could his arrow be trending up? I think, uh, you know, the Keenum comparison, which I saw too
2: was interesting because that's the kind of guy where like journeyman type might play over his head. But the fantasy stats have actually been a little bit better than Keenum so far. He's he barely missed three hundred yards in his first start, then went over three hundred, and he's thrown two T D passes in every game. Right now, strip the name off the back of the jersey, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Russell Wilson or would you rather have CJ Bethard? They're rushing for about the same amount of yardage every week. CJ Bethard's got two games out of three hundred, uh two games out of three where he's thrown for three hundred. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown for three hundred yards yet.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, remember, we we made the point um, last week, I think I mentioned it, something that like Seattle is running the ball uh 57% of the time and throwing the ball 43% of the time and that continued honestly in their game in London look at it um Scotty they Russell Wilson had 23 attempts right and as i look at the rushing attempts for Seattle Carson with 14 Penny had an extra 9 so that's 23 Davis had 6 so that's 29 Russell himself runs for had 6 so that's 35 Lockett and Moore each had one so that's 37 they ran the ball 37 times in and threw the ball 23 so it continued that run pass balance for seattle so i hear you you want something someone that's going to be you know volume you know you want some opportunity there so that makes sense to me so let me spin it forward here because we're going to talk in this bethard, segment
2: bethard has 114 attempts in three starts so
1: far he had 37 and 54 in his first two starts all right, so let me ask you this. You got C.J. Beathard out there. I'm going to throw out three other names that as I look at I'm when I give these percentages, yes, Scott, we're talking about some of these public leagues that are out there. So let me ask you this. You're talking about C.J. Beathard, who is, you know, likely out there. You could grab him if you want. How would you rank him among these three other quarterbacks? I think the answer is clear, the top one, but I'm interested to uh, hear the other two. First of all, Scott, as I look at these public leagues, Jameis Winston is owned in 58 58- of leagues, which means in 40% of leagues you can still go out and get Jameis. How many times do I have to tell people, Scotty, that Jameis Winston is going to be a great volume add for the rest of the season? Do you agree? I, th- I think uh, most people really got it after what happened this past week. Alright, so we would think about that. So let's set Jameis aside. How would you rank C.J. Beathard as per these other two names that I think you can have out there that are under 30% owned? C.J. Beathard, Mitchell Trubisky, and our guy Brock Osweiler.
2: Uh, I think I'd go Trubisky bet and I wouldn't bother with Osweiler based on one game. But you know, Trubis- Trubisky is you know he's throwing you know he's already had a six touchdown game and yeah you know you look you look at the game log the last two games he he was over three hundred this week with three touchdowns. I th- I think Trubisky's got a little bit up more upside than Bethard. You know, you, you got when I do my in season ranks later today on RotoExperts.com. I gotta I gotta start pushing Trubisky up.
1: Okay, uh, they host the New England Patriots coming up here in Week Seven. I know the the Patriots defense is not something to really worry about, but do you think this game? Do you think that game flow is going to be? Uh... Any different? Any weirder? It's this kind of idea of like what we think is, is a good defense versus what we think is a good offense. I'm reminded when we saw Jacksonville in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. How do you think? Do you think the Chicago New England game would be any different than that Jacksonville Kansas City game uh, a week ago? Do you think the Bears defense has a better shot of slowing down one of these high octane offenses in New England? No, uh, okay. you know,
2: New New England's seen everything over the years. Brady and Belichick have seen everything over the years. and a team that just let Brock Osweiler, you know do what he did is not going to stop stop Tom Brady. you know, if they were facing somebody different, I could say they' come back with pride. and game flow is going to be good for trubisky either way because he'll either slug it out with Brady or he'll play catch
1: up all right let's look at the running backs here for example like for example Scotty we were talking about Raheem Mostart right and how that is potentially someone you may want to look to we got to find out about Alfred Morris as well so let's compare Mostart vis-a-vis some of these other running backs that I see as very heavily added in public leagues the number one most heavily added running back that I see Scotty only 27 percent owned, so you can get him is Marlon Mack out there in Indianapolis so would you rather have Mostart or would you have or would would you rather have Marlon Mack?
2: I'd rather have Marlon
1: Mack. I know he's more guaranteed to touches. Okay. Uh, what about down in Tampa Bay? Peyton Barber is owned in 33% of leagues. Would you rather Peyton Barber or Raheem Mostart?
2: Raheem Mostart. I want to know part, part of Peyton Barber. Last week was really? a mirage.
1: Last week was a mirage. You still believe they're yeah. going over to – well, couldn't you say that No, game just. – I don't think there's any running back that I want a part of in Tampa Bay. Okay, so you're staying away from the Tampa Bay run yeah. game entirely because I mean, that furthers the point we were talking about as it related to Jameis Winston, right? We think Jameis Winston's throwing the ball. We like guys like O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait having potential even. So it sounds like you're being consistent in the narrative. You think the Bucks are going to be um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a corollary. It's kind of similar in my opinion. It's similar to say like uh, it's similar to, to Houston maybe, right? Where there's no running game to speak of. You know they're going to be throwing up and having a volume kind of passing game, or maybe similar to Indianapolis, right, where Andrew Luck is going to put the ball up a lot. We don't have much faith in this offensive line. They're going to be a pass-first, a pass-focused offense. Would that be fair to say? Uh, Probably
2: not with the Indianapolis comparison because, uh, you know, I would want to have Marlon Mack maybe as a backup, and Naheem Hines, considering uh, him for my
1: flex, I think he's rosterable. I, I'm not I don't talking want about the individual either. players, Scott. I'm talking about the, the indicators and the, the conditions of an offense, not the individual players. I'm talking about a a Tampa offense because of a lack of a general run game and being a volume passing game generally, not the individual players. Well, I have to break it down
2: to the individual players because there are guys that you know are are uh, relevant in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is not a great running game, but I think they can respectively run the ball – and you know have a pass receiving back, whereas I I just don't see that in Tampa Bay
1: whatsoever. All right, what about in Houston? Would you believe the Tampa Bay Houston uh, analogy? Uh, I
2: I you know, again I got to go to the individual players there. Uh, Lamar Miller is at least ownable. Uh, we know that Deontay Foreman's not coming back, but you know that that's that's a running game where where I think. With Tampa Bay, it's like, I don't want any part of it. With Houston, okay, I'll take the guys as backups.
1: Okay, fair enough. Another name that is out there, Scott. I mean, listen, we have had concerns about Dalvin Cook for a long time. Lat Murray stepped in last week with 155 yards and a touchdown. He's owned in right around 50% of leagues. Raheem Mostard or Lat Murray?
2: Uh,. I'd have to reluctantly go Lat Murray there. You check out my new advanced scout on rotoexperts.com right now. Uh, it's, it's posted, uh, free for you to read. And uh, you know, I say just pump the brakes on Lat Murray, though, because last week might have been an aberration. Before last week, he had not had more 42 rushing yards in a game. So don't overbid on Lat Murray with your fab this week.
1: Right, but wasn't part of Lat-Murray's production based on the fact that Dalvin Cook wasn't there at all? And are we not concerned that Dalvin Cook is uh, can continue to miss some time? I mean, these other games where Lat-Murray, like you said, he hasn't gone over uh, 42 yards in other games. There was Dalvin Cook in there in some of these other games. Um, was is Dalvin he not Cook not
2: there in some of those other games, and he didn't do anything.
1: Fair enough. You know, I I, I hear you. You know, I mean, this idea of, like, when they lost to Buffalo, they put up six points. You know, I mean, in these other games, I mean, they, they're putting up 31, 23, 27 points. Um, do you – so you're off Lat Murray. You would rather have you, – you, you said reluctantly Lat Murray or reluctantly Raheem Mostard?
2: Relu- reluctantly Lat Murray. Okay.
1: At least a I know of volume other- is going to be there.
2: I don't I don't know with Mostard. You know, he couldn't he could go be back to being a number three next week, or it could be a three-man
1: timeshare. I just don't know right now. All right, a couple of other running back names that I want to throw out there for you. Um, with the Jets, there's Bilal Powell. That's available in many leagues. Now, I know Isaiah Crowell is sort of becoming this lead dog a little bit. I mean, he had the franchise record outing a couple weeks ago. But honestly, Bilal Powell is still the quote-unquote starter. I know, Scott, that only means he's in for the first play of the game. But Bilal Powell is getting some action. What about him? What about Capri Bibbs that may be out there? I personally don't believe in this Washington game, especially because Adrian Peterson is going to grid it out. We've talked about – you've talked about guys like Ito Smith in Atlanta as well with Tevin Coleman not really doing so much with his opportunity. Any of those guys you would uh throw in this mix at the running back waiver wire?
2: Uh was the first one you mentioned again? Boom boom Bilal, pal pal. Yeah, a lot of competitive leagues I think uh I think Powell's already gone off the waiver wire in a public league. I think you take him as a backup but there's there's absolutely no ceiling for uh I mean there's no upside for Bilal Powell it seems fantasy wise right now. Uh, if somebody's going to put up the big numbers in the backfield. It's, it's going to be uh it's going to be Isaiah Crowell, although he's sure. completely inconsistent. Edo Smith really hasn't got it done with Devonta Freeman out either. So you know none of these guys are you know the guy the guy that I'm recommending that people pick up and you can see it on RotoExperts.com this morning is Nick Chubb. Uh, mm. the, the, you know Carlos Hyde has 12 PPR points in the last two games right now and uh there were Hugh Jackson saying you need to get Chubb more carries whether it's by injury or just more opportunity because of way Hyde is playing I think you got to pick up Nick Chubb and uh, I think Rashad Penny uh you know is back on the waiver radar if uh you know in a deeper league or somewhere where you can stash because I really believe you know that the Seahawks are really committed to this run game and that they've been using Mike Davis and Chris Carson because Penny's been disappointing fundamentally, but Penny ran well this past week. I believe ultimately with the draft capital they spent, uh, they invested in Rashad Penny. I don't think we've seen the last of Penny here. and It, it reinstilled it re- my faith in him to see him get, get 11 touches this past week.
1: Yeah, and as you know, Scotty, over time, these rookies, you know, the, the all other things being equal, you know, these rookies usually towards the end of the season start to grow in their opportunity. Rashad Penny would fit that bill. So would Nick Chubb, even though he only got three carries in the last couple of weeks. You know, three carries and three carries. But um, And then also, don't forget about Ronald Jones. You know, I know you want no part of the Tampa Bay uh, running offense, but he, I'm just saying, again, not again the individual players, but zooming out to the trends, this idea of the rookie running backs growing in their opportunity over time so those are definitely some names to note a lot of names out there so go check them in your league uh the king recommending nick chubb and talking about of these other guys that i threw out that marlon mack at least he thinks he is the lead dog of a timeshare over there in indianapolis we talked about the wide receivers a little bit scotty i mean you know We talked about Sanu, we said Robbie Anderson, we said Marquise Goodwin. What about Chester Rogers, Scott? What about Chester Rogers out there in Indianapolis? Like, here's my thing. I have no idea when T.Y. Hilton is coming back, Scott. I have no idea if uh, Ryan Grant is coming back. I have no idea if Jack Doyle is a part of this, uh, you know, passing game anymore. I don't know how long Naheem Hines, if at all, is going to be in the doghouse after dropping an end zone reception. What about a guy like Chester Rogers?
2: Yeah, Chester Rogers should have been picked up already if you were ahead of the curve. He had two eight reception games consecutive coming into last week. And then last week, he catches the touchdown. Uh, you know, luck spreading the ball around, but uh, you know he's certainly looking in Rogers' direction a lot. So he's a really nice pickup.
1: All right, fair enough. Um, I'm going to throw some other names out there, guys that are heavily added that I'm seeing. Um, listen, do you believe in Cole Beasley's game? Do you believe in the game that Cole Beasley had uh, last week? I mean, 11 targets, nine catches, 101 yards, the two touchdowns. I know the two touchdowns are probably not going to happen. But, listen, someone's got to be the main wide receiver in Dallas. And, you know, Dak probably has more trust in Cole Beasley than most others. Would you take a shot on Beasley now? They're at Washington. Then they have a bye coming up. How do you feel about Cole? Well, I
2: certainly wouldn't use him this week when you consider that uh, – that Dallas has only scored 70 points points on the road road. and they face Washington's fifth-ranked pass defense. Uh, Colt Beasley... Yeah, but what was Jacksonville's pass defense?
1: This was against Jacksonville last week. He put up 31 points.
2: Yeah, but Dallas is a different team uh, on the road than they are at home. You know, they're 0-3 okay. on the road. They play much much differently on the road. You know, we've okay. seen it so far. And secondly, I can't overreact to Cole Beasley based on one game. Before last week, I'd like to know the last time that he went over 70 yards. Yeah,
1: it's been a while. He's he's You know, he's usually that kind of inside slot two-way kind of go. But if you're in a PPR kind of format, you know, I mean, he might be the heavily targeted guy. Another guy that I want to bring up and get your take on real quick here, Scotty, I mean – I've been saying this guy for a couple weeks. I've been saying there may be chemistry with him, the new rookie quarterback that is there. I'm talking about Christian Kirk in Arizona. What do you think about Kirk? Do you think he may have any chemistry building with uh, the Rosen one?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, yeah, Christian Kirk has put together three solid performances in a row, and it's obvious that him and yeah, you know, he well, the first one was even without Rosen. So, you know, it's not just about chemistry. He's, you know, he's really stepping forward as this team's number one wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald banged up. Uh, I don't know how much age is really playing a part in this, but he could be falling off a cliff a la Brandon Marshall. It's, at some point, you know, every receiver is going to decline, but you're talking sure. about a guy right now. In his three of his last four games, he's scored at least 13.5 fantasy points.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is an explosive dude, you know, know, a punt returner kind of type. I remember him at Texas A&M. There is definitely some potential with – Him. All right, Scotty, here's what we got to do. We got to go pay the bills, all right? But when we come back here on Roto Experts in the morning, we're going to open up the phone lines. So if you want to join the show, and as we put the fun and functional sports content, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Scotty, when we come back, I'll bounce off a couple wide receivers that are on my radar for the waiver wire. We'll look at the tight ends, and uh, we'll answer your calls as well. Hot around us at it. Holler at us at 844-843-6879. It's the Spitting Statistician and El Rey de Fantasia, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network with a guy Chris Bavona, the manimal, in the fantasy pit of misery. Good looks at that boom, boom, bilow, pow, pow. That's my man, Chris Bavona, the best in the business. Check out more of it when we come
0: back. Roto Experts in the Morning. DailyRoto.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're going to go to the phone lines. I hear we got to call our R2. But, Scotty, before we do that, I got to let people know that if they enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can get a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with the late lineup scratches. No more experts to compete against. Just you and the Props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and start using your matchups with the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code today and start winning. Scotty, one last wide receiver. I know we got a phone call. One last wide receiver I wanted to get your thought on because I was surprised that in public leagues he was only owned in 20% of them. He's had a great last couple of weeks. I don't know if this is tied to the awakening of Mitch Trubisky, but what about Taylor Gabriel? Taylor Gabriel's at 24%. He's had big-time weeks the last couple, and it seems like they are um, trying to get him the ball in space. They're scheming for him. What about Taylor Gabriel? Yeah, he's uh,
2: he's like a Deshaun Jackson type in my estimate. Right. Uh, that, you know, the big weeks are going to be big, but I think there's going to be some stinkers because I, I don't think – that the Bears can keep up this type of op- offensive juggernaut like every single week, but I think you definitely got to pick him up, and he's already in wide receiver four territory.
1: Okay, remember, wasn't Anthony Miller their rookie wide receiver out of Memphis? Wasn't he banged up for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, as he played well? last week. He scored a okay. touchdown. Yeah, so he he did come back last week because I know he yes. missed one week in there. Okay, mm-hmm. I was wondering if Taylor Gabriel's opportunity was tied to Anthony Miller at all. Do you think that, or is it independent value?
2: Uh, I think, you know, after this week, I think there's some more independent value there. Anthony Miller is, you know, he's still learning the NFL game and now a little bit of a setback with an injury.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And, and listen, there's other options there. Remember, Allen Robinson getting into the end zone. Trey Burton getting into the end zone. Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. Jordan Howard still a little bit of a volume play. So all of a sudden there is mouth to feed in Chicago for this Matt Nagy offense. We got a caller on the line, Scotty. Dom is in Queens and uh, he's on Roto Experts in the morning. How you doing this morning, Dom? What's up, brother? Dom going once. Dom apparently is no longer with us. That's unfortunate. If you want to get back down with us, Dom, or anybody else, the number to call is 844-843-6879. We'll be happy to take your call in this segment and help you guys win or get ready for week seven and beyond in fantasy football. All right, Scotty, let's go to tight end position then. I think, listen, I'm going to throw out uh, five names, okay, that are hovering between in public leagues that are between 40 and 60 – 66% 66% owned at the highest level. So guys that maybe are at the level that you need to be checking for. I'm going to give five names, and I want to hear how you would rank them. I think I know who would be your top one. But let's play this out. First of all, out of the Tampa Bay tight ends, who do you lean towards, O.J. Howard
2: or Cameron Bray? I'm going with O.J. Howard. You know, it's uh, you know the, the numbers are there. He's thinking he scored in two of his last three. Jameis Winston seems to uh, seem to seem to be locking onto him more last week than he than he even did last year. This guy came out with a great pedigree as the top tight end in last year's class combination of blocking and receiving. And it looks like he's on his way to a breakout year. But, you know, even if there's not the ceiling, you know, this guy, people are gonna be should be all over him in free agency right now, owning less than thirty five percent of ESPN leagues right now. And with the thin tight end position in fantasy football and a lot of volume in Tampa Bay, uh,
1: you gotta pick him up. All right, there you have it. You definitely got to go out and grab yourself some O.J. Howard if he is still available in your league. So that's the context, okay, because we got O.J. Howard and you got, you know, Cameron Brate. So let me ask you this, for these other three tight ends, if you put them above O.J. Howard, in between O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate, or below both of them. The first tight end I'm going to ask you about is Cincinnati C.J. Uzma.
2: Yeah, uh, we saw well, – I was encouraging performance from Azuma last week because usually you know, you're know you looking at him in a red zone target as with many of the Cincinnati tight ends, but he had 11 PPR fantasy points without scoring a touchdown. So I think that's encouraging. I think a lot of people have not locked on to him yet, and they should.
1: Okay, so would you rather have Howard or Uzma? I'd rather have Howard. There's
2: more upside okay. there, but I do like Uzma. You know, I own him in a few
1: leagues. Would, would you have, and you would take him over Bright? Is that correct?
2: Yes. Actually, okay, fair enough. We're trying league, to build the rankings. In here. one league, I have both Ozuma and Anna Howard.
1: So, okay. Uh, I feel happy there. There you go. And just for context again, when you were talking OJ Howard, you said, and you know, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, when I'm throwing out percentages, Scott, you're saying like in the public leagues, and you're talking about more competitive leagues and things like that. With OJ Howard, interestingly enough, I think you mentioned an ESPN, his ownership percentage was in the 30s. Is that right?
2: Yeah, you like in a lot of those public leagues, he's available. And I think oh. in a lot of competitive leagues, uh, he's available in a few of them too because people may have cut him because he
1: was injured, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying uh, over on the Yahoo where I'm looking at, he's owned in 55% of leagues. You right. know what I mean? So it's interesting.
2: Still, it's still available in 45%
1: yes, of those public I, leagues. Yeah, so you got to go get him. That's what I'm yeah. saying in terms of the context with the stats you give out, like what is more competitive than others? I think it's, you know, this frame, of, it's just a frame of reference.
2: Right. If you're playing in leagues with, uh, I'm not saying just guys like us, though, a lot of our listeners play in leagues where guys like Muhammad Sanu will not be available. But I think, you know, looking at my own leagues, and I play not only like the expert leagues, but I play in some leagues with, you know, just some, uh you know, Friends of mine, things like that, but they're mm-hmm. they're highly more competitive. Uh, Muhammad Sanu may not be available, and OJ Howard will.
1: All right, fair enough. And then there are two tight ends that I think right now it sounds like you are ranking OJ Howard, then. Uh, Uzma, then Cameron Braid. These two tight ends that I'm going to name are higher ownership percentages but still worth a look, and I think you'd have them over even O.J. Howard. The first is your guy in Atlanta, Austin Hooper, especially if Ridley is banged up, Sanu is banged up, Freeman is banged up. Listen, Austin Hooper has had a great uh, stretch right here, Scotty. you got to go grab him if you can, right?
2: Yeah, but, you know, I, 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 look, I said this might be Hooper's breakout year. And uh, the one thing I do get concerned about, though, is like sometimes those four-target games. But they're throwing the ball right. so much that you gotta pick them up. Uh, I would I would probably rank him third behind Howard and Uzuma. Oh, you would rank
1: Hooper behind Uzuma and ha- yeah. and Howard. I thought you would rather pick up Hooper ahead of even OJ Howard.
2: No, OJ Howard's got way too much
1: upside. I see. So you're going. Yeah. Oh, so that's a surprising to me. You're going I like right all now. Three of them. So right now, you're okay with going to grab, but in this order, Howard, Uzuma, and then Hooper. Is that correct? Right,
2: right. I th- I okay. Think, I, I, I believe there's going to be more targets
1: for Uzuma than there is for Hooper. Okay, fair enough. And then one more tight end to throw into this mix. I want to see where he fits in. You know I, how I feel about this guy. I was early on this guy. We go to Pittsburgh. What about Vance McDonald, Scotty?
2: Yeah, I like him too. Uh, especially like watching him, you know, when he throws sure. people off. Yeah, and
1: once he gets the ball, Enter- it's the entertainment is factor a thing to watch, is very right? high.
2: He easily ranks number one. Uh you know, sometimes Jesse James is gonna cut into his production. So you got four strong tight ends you can pick up this week, but I would say in highly competitive leagues, uh yep. he's not available.
1: Fair enough, but like you gotta go check, right? <laughs> you you, have, go to. Check you check have to, to. one yes, way or the other check. to see. No, absolutely. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, it sounds like you are ranking them Vance McDonald 1, OJ Howard 2, CJ Uzuma 3, Austin Hooper 4, in terms of your priorities of tight ends to go out and grab. Yes. All right, can I throw one more out there? I don't think he's above those four, but someone similar to Christian Kirk. I'm wondering if he's got any potential bonding with the new quarterback there. What about our guy RSJ out there in Arizona? He's only avail—he's available in you know, 70% of leagues still.
2: Yeah, I—I—I I, I w- I would say I—I uh, probably avoid him. I play wait and see in one decent game. Okay. Uh, you know, I—I I don't want to get sucked into this Jared Cook type thing with. Uh, with, with RSJ.
1: With RSJ. If if these guys that we are talking about, though, Scotty, let's say, um, you know, Uzma's gone. Vance is gone. Uh, Hooper is gone, right? And all that's left there is a choice between RSJ and Cameron Brait. If that's the choice that you are faced with because, you know, you got a tight end on a bye or something like that, where would you go? RSJ or Cameron Brait? Cameron Brait. He's still going to get looks at the red zone. Interesting, uh, because I would think, you know, Cameron Braid, another point, though, is the fact that O.J. Howard is, you know, kind of eating into his opportunity, and there is no such threat like that in Arizona with RSJ. We just talked about, you just mentioned when we talked Christian Kirk, how Larry Fitzgerald is banged up on the decline. Couldn't an argument be made that Christian Kirk and RSJ are the two prime targets there in Arizona? Uh
2: I'm not gonna do that off of one game with RSJ. It's, it's, there's one guy I wanna own in Arizona and that's Christian Kirk. If you wanna cut go ahead and cut Larry Fitzgerald, really? I'm gonna argue with
1: you. Okay, and I mean we're talking about the passing game, obviously we're still owning David Johnson, correct? Yes. Okay, fair enough. So wait, let me he hasn't been used as much in receiving game as we've hoped. Fair enough. That is true. So let me ask you this. I don't wanna bury the lead here. Are you saying that you're 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 okay dropping Larry Fitzgerald now? Yeah. It's, you know,
2: it's after six weeks, you know, you got to start right. stripping the names off the back of the jersey. You know, Keenan Allen's no longer wide receiver one. You know, it, it, the guy hasn't scored since week one. And right. you, you can look at the other numbers. They're not impressive. And uh, with Larry Fitzgerald right now, especially with bye weeks, you know, if you got to do it, go ahead and do it. You can't sit here and worry about, whoa, whoa what if he rebounds and then I cut him. You know, you can't sit here and be concerned about that. The guy's not producing. You're not going to get anything for him in a trade. You're not going to put him in your starting lineup. And you know, sometimes you want to stash certain guys. You know, you want to stash a Nick Chubb. If I if I had good wide receiver depth, four other good wide receivers, and I, I needed running back help, and I had to cut Larry Fitzgerald to pick up Nick Chubb, I would do it. Okay. And you know what? That as far sense. as Keenan Allen goes, and I say this this morning, in, uh, in uh, my advanced scout on rotoexperts.com, there's probably a lot of people still thinking of Keenan Allen as a, a wide receiver one where he's not. He's starting to tumble into wide receiver three territory. You know, he's just continue to fall down this, the fantasy stairs there. Right now, if I could trade Keenan Allen for Robert Woods, I think mm. I think I could float that out there and get people to take it. I would do it.
1: Okay. Who is the best charger pass catcher to have on a fantasy lineup these days?
2: Keenan Allen, but you can't trust nobody
1: else. Okay, so not Mike Williams. Where, where do you have Mike Williams? I know he was like a hot commodity for a couple of weeks there and then didn't have a big game last week. But where where, where do you have uh, Mike Williams? Is he a flex? Is he still a flex option?
2: No. He's, he What, has he been quiet for like the last three weeks now? It's, you know, he's a boomer bust deep threat. You know, that's
1: it. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. So there are some definitely some names to think about at every position here for the quarterback. Scotty, who has buys this week? I'm trying to look. You know, I'm trying to look at the buys because I'm trying to find out who it is that might be, uh, you know, who you may be kind of in a bad spot on uh, in terms of losing people for the buys. And for the last couple of weeks, it was two teams each. You know that we're on by now. We get into this four teams: the Green Bay Packers, the Oakland Raiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a buy, and the Seattle Seahawks. You know, so there's definitely some quarterbacks off the board this week: Russell Wilson, Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers, and the like. You know, so there's definitely some running backs that you may have been using: the Aaron Jones, the uh, you know James Connors of the world, obviously wideouts and tight ends as well. So the buys are going to create some interesting bedfellows, and you may have to even go ahead and drop some. One like Larry Fitzgerald. Scotty, what do we got on tap on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package? I know tomorrow, uh, what we usually do on a Wednesday, we take the full two hours and we start looking at the Week 7 lines. We start looking at your in-season ranks. What else is going to be popping off on rotoexperts.com?
2: Tuesday and Wednesday are very, very busy days for us. Uh, today we'll have uh, the waiver report, which is very popular from uh, the fantasy Jesus, yeah. Joe Galina. We'll have uh, sneaky plays with Brandon Murchison, the Roto Superstar. The watch list from Dom Cinerino that's become very popular. Uh, Guys that maybe you shouldn't pick up, but that you at least have to put on your watch list. And the stock report report from Bobby McMahon, who's rising, who's falling, as well as my Associated Press waiver report. And uh, for those who play CFL Fantasy Football, don't forget to head over there today as well. Uh, as we're going to have uh, Brandon Williams start sit and his uh, his weekly rankings, and we should also have uh, updates from inside injuries on RotoExperts.com, dot which is always popular.
1: CFL fantasy football, huh? Can I get myself some Johnny Football, or is that not a? Uh, is that actually no, not? He's available.
2: He's, he's, he's available. available. Yes. So that means he's it's not a that salary ready. cap game. You can use him every week. Oh, okay.
1: Right. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And also, don't forget, Scotty, I'm going to be back at it this evening, Fantasy Freestyle, 7 p.m. with the good old Stats Over cipher there on YouTube. Fire up your questions now. And one of the things we're also going to be looking at, Scotty, is Game of Inches. You know how I do that? My boys over at Road Aware donating the prize for that contest. Scotty, let me ask you, which one of these do you think are worst? I've got two submissions that I think are pretty interesting for week six. One of my followers, Hype It Up Productions, lost by one point. Had Quincy Inunwa, who scored minus one because he fumbled and then was banged out the rest of the game. And his kicker was on Tennessee, who got shut out. I think the worst is Inunua, who wound up with minus one, couldn't get back in the game, and this guy lost by one point. Or... Is it my guy Derek Brown who lost by 0. .7, seven-tenths of a point, and was facing Devontae Adams who had that very last extra back shoulder throw to try and get Mount, uh, Mason Crosby in for a closer game-winning field goal, which is a tougher loss to you to lose by less than a point and that last play on Monday Night Football to Devontae Adams or to lose by one and have one of your players literally put a negative one up with a fumble and then getting injured to miss the rest of the game, which is a worst hashtag I th- I game of I think the injuries. dude would
2: suck up thing is is much more painful because you're looking at the score. I think you, you, if you think Devonte Adams can beat you as soon as the second quarter, and it's right. like the time the timing was bad, but it's something you might have been expecting. Whereas sometimes you review a box score and you just you, you get a you get a headache, you get a migraine because you know you, the team could have won if not for this and. Yeah. You, know, you could have put have a zero put, up there. Yeah, quit you, could have you do with someone. a negative one is painful. Right. And then Ryan suck up with a zero, that's more painful. But you can overcome it though. I had Ryan suck up in the G S T and I scored over hundred and seventy points. And yeah, you know, of course. He, he got a zero. So you know, kickers can be painful, but to get total of negative one from two right.
1: players, that's very, very painful. Yeah, to get a negative one and then to lose by one point is really painful. This guy also had Mohamed Sanu in his lineup, who obviously left the game left the game midway through due to injury. Those sort of things happen, right? But to lose by one and have your guy Anunwa in there with minus one, he literally would have won the game if he started a wide receiver that was on a bye week. <laughs> instead of Quincy Nunwa. He could have started our guy. It would be so nice, Galladay, on bye, and would have won this matchup instead of Quincy Enunwa, who wound up getting him minus one. Hey, Scotty, we'll be back at it for two hours tomorrow, starting to look... At week seven, we talked about everything that's going on on rotoexperts.com. Get on over there. Enter the promo code The King at checkout. Hey, Scotty, you have a great day reveling in all of your fantasy victories. I hope everybody else does as well. If it was a hashtag game of inches, send it to me. I want to see it. At spin Speeds, at ScottyRotoX. We'll see you tomorrow, Scotty.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.